The decision to postpone our games and sit out was viewed as an opportunity to highlight a bigger issue than hockey. We wanted to make sure that every black player in this league can feel safe and feel like they have a voice. And we want to make sure that we continue this conversation moving forward and, and make sure that we keep uh, the sport progressing in the right way as well. It was amazing to see everyone coming together and realizing that this is bigger than sports. It's about human rights. Uh, it's about supporting our black players, uh, being there for them, and, and realizing it needs to be changed. And we want to be a part of that change uh, going forward. So this is just the beginning. Obviously, we know that uh, there needs to be reflection and discussions and conversations, but it also needs to be actions. We want to continue to use our platform to show that we stand together with all of our players of color and to continue to show that we're going to be better. We're going to continue to show support. And this is only the start. This is the beginning of a lot of change. It's been great to see the players come together and have discussions uh, over the last few days and educate themselves on issues uh, much bigger than the sport of hockey. Uh, as far as postponing the games, we felt it was a thing for us to do, to uh, stand in solidarity and support the, the black players in our league and also uh, start a conversation uh, about these issues going on and hopefully uh, lead to some action and some change going forward. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Scales. Joining us once again is Justin Ventola. Justin, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Very good, thank you. Tyler, how are you, sir? I'm pretty good, man. Thank you. Excellent. We are recording this uh, once again before the before game four Saturday morning. Um, Boston is down two to one in the series to Tampa Bay, and they were they were supposed to play last night, but the NHL shut down for a couple of days to protest racism and human rights, which is a big issue in this country right now. And I want to get um, Tyler your thoughts on this. It's horrible to see this kind of thing happening. But the delay sports is completely understandable. This issue with social injustice is way more important than sports right now. We've seen black people dying in, out, out there, and I think we should speak about this and then playing hockey or basketball or any other kind of sport. This thing needs to stop. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. And say his name. His, his name was... Jacob Blake. His name was Jacob Blake. Uh, Justin? Yeah, no, I totally agree um, uh, with all that, guys. Like, like racism is a huge issue. Um, th this needs to be solved. It's way bigger than sports. I mean, this is a social justice issue. This is about changing society, making everyone, like, you know, like filling the place with love and getting rid of hate and just ending um, racism that has such an unfortunately deep-seated root in America. Um, it needs to change, and I'm all, I'm very happy with what the NHL did and the NBA. Um, and we need to take standards against this. This is, this is not... Has to stop. This is awful. Absolutely. And our politicians actually need to stop looking towards the sports to do the right things. Sports shut down before the country started to shut down. Sports is shutting itself down right now because of all, all the fucking social injustices that are going on right now. Um, the NBA, obviously, on Wednesday, uh, it was the Milwaukee Bucks who said, we're not playing. They even actually told Orlando that they would forfeit the game. And Orlando said, no, absolutely not. We're with you. And then the rest of the NBA followed. The NHL, um, by the time the Bucks had shut down, I believe a game was in progress. And from everything we heard about the Bruins, they, you know, 
hockey players have their own routine. I'm pretty sure they don't watch nearly as much uh, TV or look at their phones like us regular people. Uh, and uh, by regular people, I mean fat, lazy Americans. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I, from what I understood is by the time they got there, they felt it was too late to call the game off, which agree or disagree. I was a little uh, at first, but I, I can see it. Uh, we were talking about this earlier when I forgot to record that um, it was one of those things that you could go either way. But if you're, if you think that sports players should just stick to sports and keep politics out of it, well, then you're missing the point. You're missing the point if you think that Black Lives Matter is racist or reverse racism or whatever the fuck you want to say. And if you're going to come to me and say, well, all lives matter, yes, all lives should fucking matter. But they can't all matter until they all matter. If black lives don't matter, then obviously all lives don't matter. Okay. Um, one of my cousins put up the other day on Facebook, and I've seen this before. You're born black. You're born white. You don't have a choice with that. You have a choice to become a police officer. And I got family members who are police officers. And I don't think they're dicks. And I would hope that if they see this shit going on, that they're one of the good cops that speaks up, even though a lot of these good cops who do speak up end up getting shunned by the rest of the brotherhood, which is fucking disgusting. It makes me me sick. Yeah, like, you guys are supposed to hold us to a standard, but you can't hold yourselves to a standard? That's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And to shoot a guy in the back is murder. Has been Seven times. Yeah. Well, forget about how many times. If you shoot somebody in the back and they're dead, it's fucking murder. Enough said. You want to add six more shots to that after you tase the guy twice and you were holding his shirt and then the, quote, knife that he had was in the floorboards of his car? Come on. Not to mention how, how outnumbered he probably was. Like, really? It's like, it's like, oh, it's like. No. Five, it's like five huge jack kids going to like go beat up this one like like scrawny little kid. It's like really like you guys. Just, yeah. it's, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Oh, Dave, and, and can I talk about this too? His... I, oh, I just, I just. All right, go ahead. No, I'll... Tyler, you go. Okay, so this thought just came in my head. There was actually a video where a guy was actually complying with the police, but then he gets brutalized for actually complying with the police. I've seen I saw the video. Like I've seen it. Yeah, yeah it's wrong. And... And, you know, this, this happened the other day, and it's, it was in front of his kids. If you ever wonder why black Americans feel the need to speak out about this or why you think that they distrust the police, it's because shit like this happens. And shit like this happens too much. Yes, white people have been killed by cops. But look at the guy down in South Carolina. I don't want. I don't know his name, and I want to fucking say it anyway. Who went up to Bible study, shot a bunch of black people in church, and the cops fucking went out and got him Burger King. The guy shoots people. What seven people? I think it was. I'm probably wrong on that, but six or seven people kills him dead, and the cops buy him fucking Burger King and give him water because he's thirsty. Yet um, 
George Floyd passes a fake $20 bill. Maybe he knew about it. Maybe he didn't. I'm not sure. Um, but he ends up dead. You kneel on his fucking neck for over eight minutes. Um, Brianna Taylor asleep in her in her bed. Bullet wounds, and then you like multiple bullet wounds. You just fucking open fire on this girl. She was a paramedic in your own city, and you know no justice for her. I'm pretty sure they haven't arrested those cops. Yeah, yet. are those cops still in a playing tennis on the court? <laughs> probably. They probably are playing next vacation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. Don't don't tell me. Don't tell me not to speak my voice on this one because I think it's ridiculous. Racism is real. Racism is taught. Racism is, racism is learned. If you start preaching love and not hate and stop looking at the color of people's skin, considering that it's one race, we all bleed the same color. The only reason our color pigment is different is because of our ancestors and their proximity to the equator. I learned that from Bill Nye, the science guy. You can learn a lot from that guy if you actually just shut the fuck up and listen. Dude's the man. Yes. Uh, so. Oh just, yeah. Let's not forget just this to name, name three real knows. quick. Just to name the three real quick that have been big this year, and it's just three. I know there's more. Jacob Blake, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd. Say their names. Learn their names. Fight for their causes because this is bullshit. Tyler. Let's not forget this name, Kyle Rittenhouse. This is a 17-year-old guy who. Brought a gun into another state, illegal, by the way. Shot yeah. two people dead, and he wounded and he gets another. the yeah wounded another, and um, and then he go with the cops and just hanging out with them. He was hanging out with Crazy. them before. He was part of the militia. He was hanging out with them before. He's been. They found a picture of him like fifth row at a fucking Trump rally, and I hate even saying that guy's name. Um, and. Yeah, he the call to arms that these that these people are doing right now for the militias to come out and cut the ba 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 ba. All right, seriously, come on, uh, enough. Yeah, it, it, can we it, start it, working together instead of against each other? God, we, we have to we have to set a, a, a model somewhere. And I've heard it someplace. Um, I've heard uh, some rallies say it like they were pointing at all the young generation, like you guys. Like I may be I may be older. You guys are young ones. You matter. You guys have to help change this thing because this is, this needs to stop. This needs to change. Like, it, it, come on. This is, like, have we not learned our lesson already? Have we not? Uh, unfortunately not, considering the, the summer of love back in 1969, there was, I don't know, I forget the exact number, but I think it was around 30, if not more, race riots. But they call it the summer of love because of fucking Woodstock. You know, that, that was a big year for civil rights. And it's glassed over. Why? Because history is written by whoever's got the bigger pen or the more money. And it's just ridiculous. And again, racism is learned and taught. And it needs to stop. Spread love. I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, a fucking alien, or a Martian. Start treating each other better, and that's the message right now. You need to start treating each other better. And if you think sports, taking a couple days off to kind of get their shit together and support what's going on in this country is a bad idea, then you know what? I, I'm willing to bet they don't care if you watch them or not. 
Oh, the people who are just like, oh my god, like, like, are you kidding me? Like, we just had no sports for four months, and now you ask us to delay a couple days. I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I want to watch hockey too, but it's way more important human rights, like human rights, social justice, equality for all. Like, that's so much more important. Head over heels. Even the players tell you that, which is true. So I, like, you know. I just I really respect what the NBA and the NHL did, and um, don't don't forget about MLB and you really MLB can't as well. about yep. the WNBA. Yeah. The WNBA probably couldn't afford it more than any other league, and they they did it anyway. And you know, let's not forget about that. Props to that props to them. Props to them absolutely. Um, yeah, black people are probably they have been so they made such an impact on like the social media age of living. Like I, I've watched. Uh, select black celebrities and movies like Black Panther. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, by the way. Amazing actor. Um, I've seen black YouTubers. I watch a lot of them. They make me laugh so much. They made such an impact on the social media age of uh, of this world. They really okay. have. And the only difference between them and you, Tyler, is the color of your skin. And that's oh. what people. That's what people need to start teaching their kids. Yeah, and I'll say one more thing. They've a lot of them have motivated me to just like be consistent on my work. Bergeron, Pasternak, Marshawn doing what they do best. I've been told it's a good idea to start a speech with a joke. Well, don't get your hopes up. I'm not here to tell jokes. Point to Kujan. I'm here to pick a fight with second place. That is a slash. They couldn't have crushed a grape. And you can spare me. It's not whether you win or lose or how you play the game bullshit. I guarantee you whoever said that lost the game. David Pasternak from David Crikey. And the Bruins win it in getting set up and I had to write a note and I said oh I should hit record now and then Justin came in and I wrote my note and I didn't hit fucking record because I'm an idiot and that's at least recorded for you guys so that'll be at the back end of this podcast because I'm a fucking moron shorthanded bid Marshawn and Bergeron going to work Marshawn turns to the forehand holds the Bruins will begin the second period on the penalty kill. The shorthanded breakaway and a save by Schneider. Marshawn, shorthanded. He's swinging back to get into that penalty killing formation through the neutral zone, but David Krejci fresh on the ice, replaces Bergeron. Boston down to Tampa Bay 2-1. to one. The last game we saw was Wednesday night, and it was an absolute shit show for Boston. It was a goal fest for... Tampa Bay, and you ended up seeing Dan Vladar, excuse me, play 28 minutes, give up three goals on 15 shots because the team just, other than maybe the first three or four minutes in front of them, played like absolute shit. Uh, and it all started back in the first period after Yanni Gord scores, which let's not take away anything from his goal. It was a beautiful goal uh, around the net. 
comes out top top shelf if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. But it was Jeremy Lausanne who got picked by the linesman. Um, you know, the linesmen are supposed to be, or uh, supposedly some of the best. You know, you don't get to work any playoffs in any sports unless you had good years at in, at your job, whether you're a ref or a linesman. But this guy just took the wrong route. I've, I've never seen a linesman go that far into the ice surface towards the center of the ice than I did on that goal. Um, Tyler, let's get your thoughts on that, please. Horrible. I hope that ref got fired for what he did. That, I, I don't want to go that far. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Uh, that, that, that's that's, how I, that's, that's I, another part of the problem right now is cancel culture. You can't cancel people for everything. Okay, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, that's so, how I personally feel. I know they really shouldn't do it, but yeah, as, it was as a, as a fan, I can understand you in the moment saying that. Yeah, I, fans always act that anger. I always do act that anger. I want a guy fired, and I don't want to see his face again. That's <laughs> how I feel towards somebody. But <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, though, yeah, it was a pretty bad play from the ref. It cost them. I, I think that really did cost them a goal. I think Lauzon could have stopped it if that ref didn't make that mistake. Yeah, I no, mean, well, he, yeah, he ends up with like a six six stride advantage after that. You know. Justin? Yeah, no, I mean, you saw Lozon had him lined up. He had him for a clean check. But I also see, feel like you see that play so many times in the NHL so often every single year. And usually what the linesman does, gets right up against the boards. And, like, you know, at, at, at the very least, the player, like, Gore could have just, like, you know, chipped the puck around him and kept going. Uh, and said so his decision to just go out in front just was baffling, absolutely baffling. Don't know what he was thinking. But hopefully he, like, like really learned from that because that was awful. I was pissed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, I don't want him fired. Maybe, you know, he he goes from active to backup. I don't know. I, I Again, I, I think firing people because they make a mistake is the wrong decision, and that's what's going to, you know, really piss some people off. Um, but, I mean, let's face it. The Bruins were just flat out outplayed in this game. Um, outshot by 7, 31 to 24. Uh, they lost lost 55% of their face-offs. They were only one for three on the power play as opposed to three for six for Tampa. Um, stupid, stupid penalties all night long. Although, what, what was it, the, the Richie penalty early in the game? Um, I don't recall it, but I believe it. everybody said that, you know, it happens all – Cassidy after the game, that's a play that happens every day a hundred times, and we got flagged for it. Um, I don't recall the play off the top of my head. It's, again, it's early Saturday morning. But, I mean, come on, seriously. I mean, the only thing, the only stat that the Bruins really beat them on was hits, 50 to 40, and that's not the Bruins game. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, Dave, like, honestly, I, I saw that last year. It was like, it was just one of those, like, little, uh, I think he just literally just took a stick and just, like, quickly just shot it down the other guy's like leg or like lower end of the stick. Again, you see it all the time, especially when players are bowing out in front of the net and he got flagged for it. Um, and as much as you, the Bruins kind of got screwed by that, look at game two with Tampa. First period, offside call, blatant offside. Um, honestly, that goal by Richie, probably fresh should have blown the whistle. You know what I mean? Blown that whole thing dead. But guess what the Lightning did? Responded. The Bruins shut it down. Absolutely. Yeah. They, there was there was no there was no heart after that. It reminded me an awful lot of Game Seven last year in the Cup Final, where something bad happened and it just took all the air out of the team, and they just 
I, I don't want to say gave up, but they definitely seemed to pack it in that night. Yeah, they had they had to respond in a more big, better way. As you said, in the St. Louis game, they just did not respond after what happened after some bullshit that happened. You had to you had to respond to that bullshit in a much better manner, or like in a, you know, more retaliate towards it. Less retaliate retaliatory. Yeah. Yeah, because they took some stupid penalties later on in the game too. They were doing. Oh yeah, they did. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" It literally was almost like. You're your you're, you're, um, little seven-year-old kid brother. You took his toy and you're holding it above his head and he's like pounding and like kicking your shins because he's like upset you took it away from him. That's how they played the other night. It was just like a little boys against men. Yeah. And again, we had another – we uh, Boston had another terrible second period if you're just looking at the shots, 18 to 8. I mean, come on. And if we let's go back to uh, game two. I believe they were outshot like a motherfucker in that game too. All the games have been outshot. Uh, outshot. Oh, pretty yeah. much. Even game one when they won, I'm still pretty sure they shot. Yeah, their final shot total: Tampa Bay 37, Boston was 31. Game two, second period: Boston seven shots, Tampa Bay 12. I mean, like, and let let's look at let's look at the lineup on this one. You know. Um, you got Lazan and Morin. Corrali, I don't know where he got hurt, but he appears to be hurt. I don't remember seeing anything happen in game two. I don't know if this is a nagging injury, and they just said, you know what, he can't go tonight. Um, you go in with only two people scheduled on your third line, which has been abysmal. It's just non-existent. You want know why Tampa Bay is winning this? Is They have four lines going right now. Uh, they have a fourth line that might be one of the best in the league and a third line that's playing phenomenal, you know. Uh, and then, of course, you have your, their top two lines, which are great. Um, their defense has been playing great between Hedman and Sergachev. Uh, Shattenkirk has even been doing pretty damn well. You know, uh, Luke Shen was visible in that game on Wednesday night, and yet you have guys like – Grizzly, who hasn't shown up, he was a minus three in that game. Yeah, he had four hits, but, you know, in almost 18 minutes of ice time. Either He's one of his... No points. What's that? He's produced no points, too. Right, and Grizz, Grizzly has been one of your better defensemen, I mean, throughout the last couple of years, but he's just non-existent right now. Tory Krug has 15 penalty minutes in that game because he shot the puck at the linesman at the end of the game. Yeah, he got a game as kind of that. That, yeah. that was not a good play from Krug. No, we can understand it, but... And honestly, guys, looking at the D pairs, I gotta be honest, the Carlo Krug D pair, at least this series, has been awful. Right. Terrible. Great last, yeah. last series. They were fucking great. And they have been MIA. Krug, I almost feel like it's hurt. He has not looked like his, his normal puck-moving self. Not to mention he's barely put any offense up. Barely put any offense up. I think he had, what, one shot maybe on that the other game or something like that. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was abysmal. I'm like, what's going on with that pair? Yeah, I mean, and John Moore, I, don't, I can't even remember the last time we saw him play. I know he was injured a lot to start the season because last year he um, had something with his shoulder, I believe it was. Ended up needing off-season surgery. Like, couldn't go in the playoffs. It was so bad. I think he actually gutted it out in one game. But you haven't seen him. 
someone else who's actually been on the ice a lot that we haven't seen enough from, in my opinion, and I love the guy, is Jake DeBrusque. I love how he plays, but 40% of the time, I'm screaming, where the fuck is he? Kasha, you know, we get the Bruins get him at the trade deadline, only gets a couple games in, misses this restart training camp, comes out on fire. Shots, hits, unfortunately can't buy a goal, but he's in the play, and you know, he's even cooled off. I mean, he had four shots the other night, but, like, you're not seeing him quite like you were seeing him to start. Tyler, you got any more lineup thoughts? I don't know why John Moore was on the fourth line. That was probably that was probably one of the things that was most confusing about this game was the lineups. I don't know now why John Moore of all uh, was on this game. Seventh defenseman. You don't have Coleman. You don't have Bjork out there. I mean, it's just very weird to see those lineups. It's I don't think Bruce Cassidy has his, has his Tampa Bay team figured out. And you know, sooner or later, you've got to figure out this Tampa Bay team. You got to look at this their lines and figure out how you're going to attack. Absolutely, a lot of people are thinking this is the cup. You know, Justin. Yeah, no, honestly, like, like, like this has been a series, and um, at least to watch. And I think in regards to lineup, like. I know Crazy's line is seeing a, uh, a lot of um, time against the um, uh, point line, and uh, they're also seeing a lot of time against um, the Hedman Bogosian pair as well. Um, so I think honestly, Tampa's just found a way to shut that that line down. And if I'm Bruce Cassidy, I'm seriously thinking about trying to look for more mismatches and exposing some of Tampa Bay's weaknesses, which aren't a lot, albeit. But um, you know, Tyler, you alluded to it earlier. Switch Pasternak off that first line. Maybe create some mix, mix matches. Try to do something like that. Because right now, Point, he is just, oh, wow. That, he, what a player he is. Um, yeah, he's, he's line, a great player. And, and, I mean, Victor Hedman, I mean, when that guy has the oh. puck on his stick, he controls the pace of that game. He um, nearly tied that entire game up in, the, in game one. Like by out. himself. Well, well, him and McAvoy. I believe both those goals went off of McAvoy. They did. Those are tough breaks for McAvoy. Absolutely. And then um, Chara had one go off his stick that went in the other night as well, which was kind of a tough luck goal. And, you know, I've been on Chara as much as either one of you two over these last few weeks. But, I mean, I don't think Chara was the the reason you lost these last two games. Um, No, it's it's on the entire team. What's that, bud? It's on the entire team. Oh, Absolutely. Um, let's talk about lineups, the game four lineup, uh, Jimmy Shea, our buddy at Jimmy Shea, um, just tweeted over the lineup from Flute Ocean's hour of the athletic first and second line remain the same third line, Richie Coyle, Kuhlman fourth line is still no Corrali with Nordstrom, Lindholm and Wagner D pairs, Chara McAvoy, Krug Carlo and Clifton's back in on the right side of Grizzly and Halak will get the start. I like the fact that Kuhlman's coming into the game. I know that last playoff he looked pretty good, but he's been kind of, dare I say, pedestrian at best um, all the times we've seen him this year. Excuse me. Uh, I would like to see Nick Ritchie have a seat and give Bjork another crack over there on the left, especially with another young guy like Kuhlman. Uh, Justin, thoughts? Yeah, no, honestly, can we – have we seen enough of Nick Ritchie? Here all here, we've seen oh. enough of Nick Ritchie. Like, I am so sick of him and watching him 
just loaf around the ice, and he's not intimidating anyone on Tampa. He's not getting under anyone's skin. That third line needs speed. It needs offense. And keeping him in the lineup, I think, has been a detriment to um, that line. And that's why I'm fine with adding Coleman in there, because at least he hunts the puck. He can be kind of a pest. Um, he's just a one-dimensional guy, so doesn't bring you much offense. Uh, but I would like to have seen Bjork on his maybe left side and see what he can do with uh, Coleman's speed and whatnot. But this Nick yeah. Ritchie, this guy, that, that's got to stop. I'm sick and tired of seeing him on the ice. Yeah, he was a minus two the other night. When we talked about his two penalty minutes, which, you know, I'm, I'm not blaming him for that. Uh, he's got seven hits. Nordstrom had five. Um, John Moore had five. Lausanne had six. Like, the big bad Bruins are gone, guys. You're not going to win this game by trying to get tough against Tampa. They're bigger than you. Some of the guys are much faster than you. I mean, not for nothing. What's going on with Pasternak? I think I think he's still hurt because he's absolutely he, hurt. Yeah, he looks he slow. Um, he, I had a, he, he had a couple good stick handles the other night, but before that, he was like dropping the puck. You know, Tyler. Yeah, I haven't seen him hit anybody. He's just looked soft out there, and it might be because he's just hurt and he doesn't want to really get his get himself hurt in the series. I can understand that feeling completely, but. Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen anything out of him. No, not really. I mean, yeah, he had a an assist the other night. He's had a, a goal in the series, but I mean, he just he doesn't he doesn't look great. And I really hate to say it because he's absolutely one of your youngest stars on the team. But they look better in the last three games without him uh, in the Carolina series than they've looked in the first three games of this series. And now, granted, I know a lot of that's a competition. But still, uh, the power play looked much better. It didn't look as stagnant. Justin? Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I, I definitely still think he's, um, he's hurt from that injury that he was sustained back in game one with Carolina, whatever it is. Uh, he's, not, he's not been nearly as explosive. His skating has been, you know, average at best. He's usually a fast skater, high-paced skater. He hasn't been there. Uh, his shot has not been nearly as potent. Um, I think the other night he shot, and he, he had, like, a nice little corner there. Vasilevsky left wide open for him, and he rifles it right off his head. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, like so that's, I mean, when one of your best scorers is starting to go down, like, that's not great, especially in a series where you need scoring. Yeah, I mean, and I, they've got what? Other than Wednesday night, they scored, they won three to two, and then they won, then they lost in overtime, what, four to three? Yeah, yeah. so, I mean. Overtime. That was all lightning. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they took control. They were just and, – And you know what? From the last five minutes of game one, it's been all lightning. I know the Bruins have scored. We're up early in uh, game two, and then Tampa ties it. Eventually, Tampa takes the lead. And, you know, thank God for Marshawn and the fact that Vasilevsky has a wide-open back door most of the time, and you're I able to say... just – get that puck off his skates or right off of the stick, you know? Um, If Vasilevsky was was an absolute shad in this game, he would have – this would have been a 3-0 series. If Vasilevsky was was just playing absolutely incredible, he has not been looking that great. Not the best, like, series he's had in the playoffs. I mean, the last game and a half, he's looked fucking phenomenal. Yeah, but before that, with the game one and – Parts of game two, he's not looked great. Absolutely. I'll give you that for sure. 
you know, and the Bruins were so badly outplayed in game three. Outshot 31 to 24. Faceoff was 55 percentage, uh, 55% for the Lightning. Power play, uh, three for six Lightning, one for three for Boston. You know, 50 hits for Boston, 40 for Tampa Bay. Again, you that's not your game. Your game has been moved towards more skill. That's what Sweeney's been trying to build. And I know, Justin, for sure, you have some thoughts about Sweeney, which we'll get to in a little bit. You texted the other day. You had some stats on how pissed off you are about him, and that's awesome. Yep, very um, pissed off, dude. Understand. There was no discipline in this game whatsoever. Game before that started off pretty okay. Um, he was still outshot 40 to 25 in game two. Faceoff percentage was 52% for Boston. One for three on the power play again. Uh, again, another 47 hits. At least you had 27 blocks in, the, in game two. You only had 12 in game three. Like, isn't this was this was this a piss poor scheduled game off because of the back to back? You know, Burroughs had not looked great in the back to back games. They lost the Carolina game when it was back to back, even though we had Raskin there at the time. We lost that game too. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think the Boston Bruins are used to this kind of s- schedule too. Yeah, and I I, I understand. Uh... I understand that in this series, you didn't want to go to the kid. I mean, you didn't want to make an a, a NHL debut in the playoffs against the best or the, one of the best teams in the entire league. But in that, I, I, I agree. In that Carolina series, I think you, because you ended up with a back-to-back, you probably should have gone with Halak in game two instead of Rask Rask, which apparently it, uh, people think broke Rask. Um, and it, it – Justin, I think I said this to you earlier when we were chit-chatting, is this the only the only two spots that Tampa Bay is head and shoulders above you right now is your third line because you don't have one for Boston and goaltending because, unfortunately, you're on your 1B who is starting to look like a 2. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Dave, I, I, I totally agree. Um, they definitely have us beaten that fast with Don Scherr. Um, but I think just like, it, I think what you really see is, and I, I'll say his name once because I, I, in a thousand times, because uh, I love him so much. But I also think Tampa's defense right now is just wild. They're just playing it, without Ryan McDonough. I heard the news that Ryan McDonough was going to play, and I was thinking even to myself, oh, oh sweet. No. All right, there's another, like, uh, I big, saw that tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, all right, sweet. That's awesome. And honestly, it's almost like it, it, they, did not lose anything. Their defense, I think, honestly, has been playing head and shoulders better than ours has been, uh, clearly. I mean, Victor Hedman, when he has the puck, he controls the game, for uh, sure. Hedman is – he's the cream of the crop right now as far as defensemen in the NHL, if you're asking best, me. Uh, oh, has had a good series. Um, and who they bring in? They brought in Luke Shen the other night who played just over 13 minutes, 13 and a half minutes, and, I mean, he was noticeable. Three blocks, two hits, a shot on goal. He did have three giveaways. But, you know, Boston is – I don't know what it is. I, 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 I almost feel like it was a, a scheduled loss, you know, how the, everybody talks about that in the NHL or wherever. You know, you get back-to-back, so it's a scheduled day off. But, I mean, you're playing the same fucking team right now. So well, Dave, can I just uh, add something, uh, kind of a little, little uh, bitchy note right here? You really need a schedule uh, – this just – to the Bruins, you guys really need a scheduled like loss 
you openly stated in the round robin that these were just preseason games and you were saving yourself for uh, the playoffs. So you're telling me now, oh, well, you know, back to back, you could use some rest, some time off, like, you know, I mean, all sort of stuff. Like, it was kind of schedule loss. I'm like, really? Against yeah. a Tampa Bay, which is clearly better than you, and you're going to just turn it off and say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll turn it back on when in the round robin, had you maybe turned it on, you could have avoided Tampa until the, until the Eastern Conference Finals. Very true. Yeah, very, I'm very, very convinced true. that the Tampa Bay team is going to destroy us. This is going to be Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay in five. All right, and I, I've, said, I've said this already. It has only been three games. We have game four today at noon. But I, I just, I'm not ready to jump off that wagon. Uh, talking about back-to-backs and scheduling, uh, obviously they had to do some things because of the protests uh, for this weekend and whatnot, and that's great. But I felt, and I've since kind of come around to it because I realized that obviously the NHL is trying to get this all condensed and played and because, you know, it's cutting into next season, which is going to be another condensed season should it go on properly. Um, I want to get you guys' thoughts on the scheduling uh, because I kind of felt it was stupid to have the uh, Philly and, oh, my God, brain dead, the Philly Islander series play at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday um, and then so that you could get that, I think it was a 7.30 or 8 o'clock start. Uh, I just kind of felt like you're not maximizing it, you know, what you could be doing with that. you guys have any thoughts on that? I don't really have a problem with it, to be honest. I mean, you want to, you want to bring on these games as soon as possible. So it's not that big of an issue for me to put out, like, a game right after another. Yeah, I, I see, guys, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I can see kind of like the appeal of, like, having uh, some day, some daytime games, afternoon games. But for me, like, I'm just kind of like, for me, who works during the day, I'm like, I kind of wish you were at night. Um, right. But I get it, give it the whole ice time thing. But it also kind of, like, Makes me beg the question with the decisions with the NHL. I feel like in Canada, there's no real shortage of ice, if that makes sense. Uh, you have tons of venues. So, like, could you have, like, two – I feel like they could have had, like, two arenas. Um, so, you could have, in a way, avoided either too much, like, games close together, avoided um, using the same ice too much. Um, maybe it's a cost thing, but, you know, the these, these schedule has been weird. It's been definitely weird, but, like, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to hurry the pace along to the so, right, and I understand, I understand what you're saying about the ice, but with everything that's going on and all the safety protocols and all that stuff that needs to go on, I mean, in between periods, they're sanitizing everything. After every game, they're sanitizing everything. Um, you know, in, in a bubble, how many professional NHL ranks are actually in Toronto and actually in Edmonton? So I, I, I understand why they just did the one and one there. You know what I mean? No, no, sense. which is true. It makes sense. So, but I understand what you're saying. I, I don't disagree with it. I just, when I first saw the schedule, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? You know, and, you know, it took me a couple of days to be like, I, I get it. I, I didn't really love Cassidy bitching about it, um, but I did like John Cooper's response was, well, we got to play too. And we've already played yeah. a five overtime game. So, and we're not complaining. And that, I, I, I'm wondering if, going into game three, the team had the attitude of the coach there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Dave, I, I, I really, like, I, I hate when coaches, like, I love Cassie, but I think it's a low when they start putting it on the, on the, on the refs and stuff like that. I'm like, guys, or like, I'm putting it on something else, because like you said, that kind of in a way trickles down to your team. 
it definitely does has that trickle down effect. And it's also just kind of like, well, listen, other teams dealing with the same thing you are. Other teams have had the same thing that, that you have. So why are they still outplaying you? Absolutely. Um, all right. So Justin, you had said via text, um, you were upset with how Sweeney, what Sweeney's been doing with this team the last couple of years. I want to hear your thoughts on that, please. So you know what, Dave, so I, and sorry, I'll, I'll try to make this brief. Um, for, for a long time now, I felt like Don Sweeney has failed to make this team capable of going up what would be its biggest, what would become its biggest rival, uh, rival in Tampa Bay. Um, and last year, I know we made it to the cup. I was really happy we made it to the cup. But I told a lot of people last year, and a lot of people were like, oh, no, dude, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, Ugh. and I'm like, um, had they faced the Lightning last year in the playoffs, they also would have been bounced. I'm certain of that. And um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he was afraid to pull the trigger, but look at what the Lightning did. I mean, you know, and they have a younger team. Uh, this core, this may be their last shot. I mean, it, it, like some people may want to give him one more year, but like he's just failed to take the big steps necessary to build this team um, to the point where we can be on par with Tampa Bay. I mean, he didn't sign Ryan Johansson after last year. Big mistake, I thought, because um, no, I, I just think, like I said, long story short, the Lightning did what they needed to do to put their team up over over the edge. And uh, Don Sweeney failed to do that. He did some mediocre moves, um, and people were like, well, he took back his contract. I'm not worried about his contract or your cap space. I'm worried about this team being able to beat Tampa Bay Lightning, make it to the cup, and win with the core they have, which only has probably this year left in the tank. I mean, it baffles me why he didn't do more. Coleman, first-round draft pick, uh, a player in a conditional first-round pick. A lot, but guess what? The like, he's been awesome for the Lightning. McDonough and JT Miller last year, 2018 first-round pick, 2019 second round, uh, which is conditional, a forward and two prospects. Again, a lot, but he did what he needed to do to bring in the talent that he needed to make Tampa Bay the way they are. And Sweeney, I mean, medio, like you add Ryan Johansson, who's a third line guy. You add Kasha, who I'm sorry, can't even hit an open net. Um, he's looked better, like with DeBrusque and Krejci, sure. But I mean, like he's done nothing and hasn't had the Clooney's to do what he needed to do to get this team over the edge. And I think he blew it for this team. Yeah, I, I think he's been a little gun shy since he traded that first round pick for Nash and then Nash got concussed. I mean, that's obviously that the concussion obviously isn't um, Sweeney's fault, but you knew the guy had a concussion history. And you know what? Who knows how many NHL players actually have a concussion history? Um, considering the definition, like through the NFL, kind of changed from, you know, for lack of a better term, being on Queer Street. Um, to now it's like pretty much anything, you know, you get hit in the head, they're checking you for a concussion. And if your pupils don't dilate properly, then, you know, you're up, which is good. I had a concussion when I was younger, lost like, I don't know, six or so hours of a day before my memory came back. So I, I trust me, I understand that concussions are a big thing and I'm not trying to downplay that. Um, but yeah, I, I understand some of the, some of the, trade deadline acquisitions have been lackluster at best. Yeah, I, I don't like them at all. Um, we definitely lost this, the trade deadline for the 2020 year. We got guys like Tyler Toffoli. Who else? I was thinking of another guy. Vincent I mean, Trocek. Yeah, Trocek. That's a big yeah. one, too. 
just, just yeah, we could quality. not get those guys. I, I was saying around the trade deadline or before he was traded to Tampa that I would like Coleman. And, you know, he, you see the sandpaper on this guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. we could have definitely done more on this, on this trade deadline. If we had guys like DeFoley, we probably would have been doing better this postseason. Oh, agreed, agreed. And it's just like, and like, I get being gun shy with the first round picks, but again, it's like, dude, you've had some, you had some good picks. Um, it, like, you know, I mean, this is not forever. Like, like, and if you want a cup now, you have to win with the score. It's not like the Lightning, who most of their players are like, you know, late twenties, um, very early thirties, who have like a few more kicks in the can for sure. Like, this team doesn't really, and you just. I don't know, and I think if the Bruins get fast in this series and don't go to the Cup, I think there should be a lot of heat on Don Sweeney. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I think um, the fact, and even Cassidy. You know, Cassidy has been really good. Don't get me wrong, but can you get them over the hump? This is a, this is a damn good core, and it's just it's been a little tough. Um, to watch where they can't quite get it up, for lack of a better term, in the in Game Seven at home, and then you're kind of losing some shit right now. So I mean, I mean, that's just. I, I, I agree with you, Dave. I agree with you. Just it, they haven't done enough. Honestly, the organization as a whole has not done enough to give this team a solid uh, chance at it. I really don't. Yeah, they have. They haven't made this team a Stanley Cup contender. I, I don't see them doing it this year. Well, they made him a contender last year, but probably just because Tampa was up. Exactly. Tampa, Washington, Tampa and Washington were out. Bruins had a clear, clear shot. Yeah, I'm starting to come around on uh, Jimmy's thought that um, Braden Holtby is only a elite goal, an elite goalie against Boston. I'm starting to come around on that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, honestly, that's probably the way Boston makes him look, too. I think, if anything, that's more of the way Boston looks. They just turn into a pole in front of him. Oh yeah, it's 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 tough. It's maddening, to say the least. Yeah. All right. Should Don Sweeney or Cassidy be out the door? Should Boston get bounced? Um, you know that that is a, a very good question. I'm wondering if you stretch it to seven and lose in seven, all right, maybe they get one more year. I, I just I think you got to start winning some trade deadlines. There was uh, a trade in the NHL this week between Toronto and Pittsburgh. I forget how many players, but the bigger name was... Oh, I saw that. Yeah, uh, Kapanen. Kapanen, Kapanen, yeah. Kasperi Kapanen, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had said at one point I would like him on Boston. I think he was underutilized in Toronto, and I think he would have been a good fit here. But you know what? He goes to another Eastern Conference team that, you know, is probably going to kick your ass next year. Uh, yeah, we definitely have been losing these tread deadlines. We need a guy like Kapanen or a much younger player. Let's we'll see what happens in the free agency. I think that's one of the big things that can we need to look at. We should get a guy like Alice Petrangelo, but <laughs> yeah, we know that never happened. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I, I know that the, the cap has been a little tight lately, and there's only so long that you can blame that one on Shirelli, considering Shirelli's been gone for what four years now. Yeah. So, and, and yes, I know that you were still trying to juggle some things and you've got a whole lot of contracts coming to an end. Uh, Krug, I don't believe, will be back. He's not he's a big back. Part, he's a big part of this core. He's, you know, probably the best power play defenseman over the last five years. But, yeah, you just you got you to gotta make some moves and you got to make some tough decisions. If it means a guy like DeBrusque needs to get traded for, for something else, 
then that's what it means. I, I don't see Krejci being here too much longer. I don't see Rask being here too much longer. There's already been talk about will he retire when his contract is up, and I believe he has one more year on his contract, as does Krejci. Um, and if I'm wrong on that, I do apologize. I, I don't even think you're going to be able to dangle Rask for the Seattle draft unless you sign him and trade him that way. Yeah, no, honestly, I totally agree, Dave. Um, I, I, I think, like, especially if they get bounced this year, they need to seriously look at their roster. And, again, I don't trust Don Sweeney to make some hard decisions. Um, I, I really don't. I, other teams, they've been willing to, you know, get, give up what they could to, like, you know, get, get other players. Um, as far as Krug, I think, is gone. And I think that's evidence because he, feel, he, he seems like the only player who hasn't been signed yet. Because um, you see, like, Bjork in a contract. Uh, Blade just got a contract. I know it's not for a whole lot. We see all these other players getting contracts and not him. Uh, he even came out and said that he may have his last run this uh, is this year. So, I mean, Krug may be out. Uh, Rask, I think he's going to retire. Um, if not, they may just let him go to the expansion team in Seattle. So, I think they need to really consider doing some um, substantial roster overhauls this next season. And by that, I'm not saying trade Bergeron, blow it up by any means. But Bergeron's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah he ain't no. going nowhere. He Bergeron, ain't going anywhere. Bergeron, I, I'm fine Bergeron, with him like I don't see those three guys going anywhere. No, those guys, absolutely. You, they're, they're untouchable. But, but I think they're the only three untouchables on the team right now, other than maybe McAvoy um, and Carlo, to be honest with you. But uh, Honestly, if you, get, if you get something good for them, see ya. Well, see, I, I'm that way with, like, DeBrusque. Um, Kosh, I don't know what his deal is. Uh, I don't know how much longer he has his deal. I think he's got one more a year. Yeah, so I, I'm down. Like, DeBrusque, even, I, he's – really underwhelmed me. I, I'm kind of like losing my patience with him. I, I mean, it's, he's been in the league, what now, like three years, three, four years, and the guy's still like, sure, he'll put up three goals in one game, then all of a sudden you don't see him for the next six. You know, so I, I, my, I'm pretty much all done on Jake DeBrus. So if there's teams out there willing to give me some good price for some players, I'm trying to get some like really good prospects or um, some good NHL players back, especially if they want to try next year to, to keep going with this thing. Yeah, I I definitely trade DeBrusque too. I think he's just been it's like a hit miss hit miss kind of thing. He's just he's there for one game, and then he's gone for the like next three games. He's he is not consistent at all. I think we should definitely trade him. I think I don't think he wants to be in Boston. If I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it, not to mention his dad, there was not one guy, his dad, Louis DeBrusque, would not go and try to fight. What a stark difference between him and Jake DeBrusque, who seems like, I mean, he got, like, leveled by Shannon Kirk the other night. And, like, you know, that's a tough hit, sure, but I also like to see players try to come back from that and, like, try to, like, okay, go at him. And DeBrusque, he's not, he's not a tough guy. He's not all a tough guy. No. So no, I'm not he, too sure. He looks, he looks like he should be tougher than he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I, mean, I wonder if there's a little – and I, I, I'm only talking for this year. I wonder if there's a little hesitancy because of the Nazem Kadri stick to the fucking chops last year. I wonder if the, there's a little bit yeah. of that that's just kind of sticking in his head. It definitely could be. I, I just think that – honestly, and I think it's spotting him. He doesn't even know what his identity is. What is he? Is he a puck possession, puck pursuit um, – Going winger? Is he a power forward? Is he trying to be an enforcer? I mean, I don't know really what his role is, but I think Ozzy on any other team, um, take Tampa Bay or Washington, for example, he's playing on their third line left wing. 
I don't think he's a top, I think he's barely a top six forward, barely. And I think too many, too many times, all I've seen the Bruins do is try to put bottom six guys in the top six roles. They need top, legit top six guys and not like third and fourth lines. You're like, well, we'll throw them in there and hope it works. Right. And I understand that they probably, they were probably trying to de uh, develop some of these guys, but I, I think it's about time that Boston stops looking just in Boston. Cause I mean, Chris Wagner, Boston guy, has done some really good things for us as far as the Bruins are concerned, but he doesn't even look great right now. You know? I would and, keep him though. Yeah. But I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember exactly how many like Boston guys. I mean, you got Grizzly, you got Wagner, um, Coil, Coil, yep. Uh, and then you, then you got a whole bunch of guys like McAvoy from like the BUBC area, you know, college wise. I mean, should we start, should we start branching it out a little bit more and maybe yes. advance our scouting beyond like fucking New England? Yeah, go to the Czech Republic. We need more guys with Krejci. Are you sure they seem to come back from quarantine and not be able to quarantine? Well, after, well maybe like after quarantine. Well, when this <laughs> virus is all gone. <laughs> I go to the Czech Republic. Oh, God. But you understand what I'm saying there. I mean, it seems like there's an awful lot of either Massachusetts talent or they went to school in Massachusetts. And I, I get it that BU and BC and Northeastern, they all, they all have really good hockey programs. But you got other in Maine, you know, is a New England one, but in Vermont, but you got other programs out there and you got other spots you can be looking. You've tried New York? I mean, go to fucking Wisconsin or Michigan. There's some good hockey programs out there. Montana. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Montana. I, I, are you kidding me? Like, I, see, the way I see it is like, honestly, look outside the United States. Canada, I mean, I, I, I'm like, you know, one of those like, oh, Canada. But like, they pretty much like breed skilled hockey players up there. I'm mm -hmm. like, and, 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 and uh, I mean, like, look, Bergeron, Marchand, right from Canada, they're like two of your best players. Um, try to just go around outside of Boston. I mean, I get the yeah. whole hometown vibe, but like, come on, seriously. There's more players out there than just from the ones from Boston. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's just my point. I, I, I feel like they're, they're focusing too much around here. And uh, I, I said it earlier, it's not the big bad Bruins that your dad, your grandfather, or even myself, I grew up watching some of the big, some of the big bad Bruins, you know, but it, it's not the Bruins of the seventies anymore. It's not even the Bruins of the eighties. You know, we'll, we'll skip over the nineties and the real early two thousands there, because let's face it. Once Ray Bork was gone in the nineties, the I mean, they were yeah. a little shit the last couple of years he was here. All right. So let's, uh, let's, Look to wrap this up. We're, we've been talking obviously only about the Bruins, but and because we didn't have a show, we were unable to get a show because of the game Wednesday nights. I know obviously Wednesday nights are a better time for myself and you guys even to record. We didn't really get to go over these other series. Uh, I just real quick, I know we're in the middle of all of them. Tyler, you kind of alluded to your answer on this one, but yes, uh, Tampa me, Bay and me, five. Yeah, Tampa Bay and five. That's your prediction. Yes. Um, I say Tampa Bay, um, if not in five, in six. I, I'm going to be the homer and say Boston in seven. I do, I do think it's going to go seven, and I'm mm. going with Boston on that one. Uh, Justin, I'm going to start you with Philly, New York, which is tied at 1-1 right now. Yeah, no, honestly, that, that's definitely uh, been, been, been a good series, I think, which has been overshadowed by the Bruins-Lightning series, being where the Lightning and Bruins are so, uh, such fierce um, rivals. 
But um, so far, I mean, I'm like, I, I, listen, I, I like the Islanders. I like what they've been doing. Um, they kind of had a huge, I, I think it was, they had a huge breakdown the other day when they lost an OT uh, versus Flyers. Um, I still have to go with the Flyers on this one because I think the Flyers have all around more talent um, up front for sure. Um, and the Islanders are still kind of hurting for that help. Um, I think it's going to be a decent series, but I, I, I see the Flyers winning in probably six games. That's what I'll give it to them. The amount of games I missed, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, six games. Okay. This is going to be one intense series that I think will end in overtime in game seven, and it will go to the Islanders. Right. Yeah, I think the Islanders kind of knocked Corey Hart off a peg. What was it? Did they take – was it game one they, sh- they shut him out? They lost uh, – the Flyers lost 5 nothing. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that Islanders team, as you said, Justin, they just look pissed after that OT loss. And I think they will definitely strike back at them. 4 nothing. excuse me. Yeah, uh, and also did their coach on the Islanders, absolute stud. Oh, yeah, Danny Trotz. Yeah, you, absolute you, stud. You date him if you had the shot, Tyler? <laughs> no. This this one's a tough one. I, I I want the Islanders to win. I think it's gonna go seven in this series. Um I'm I'll I'll say the Islanders, but really I wouldn't be surprised surprised if the Flyers win. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They've been playing some really good hockey. They were playing really hot before the shutdown. They came back, they were pre- playing really good. And you know, this four nothing loss to uh to the Islanders in the first game of the series I think was more of an outlier than a regular thing. Well, that OT comeback, I, I'm sorry, that comeback by the Flyers, too, in that game, too, was pretty ballsy. I have to say, that's a pretty ballsy comeback and win. So Yeah, and, and it really it really does show the makeup of the team, and I, I really wish our team here in Boston would play like that sometimes, you know? Oh, let's, see, let's see what happens today, because you just got waxed 7-1, to one, and, you know, let's see if you, you have some nuts. Yeah. Moving out west, Vancouver and Vegas are tied one-one. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll start this one off. I, I'm gonna say it's gonna be Vegas in six. Uh, Vancouver has been playing really well. I just, I, I think they're. And I said this last series, and I was completely wrong. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong again. But I just think they're too young. They, and they're too. I don't think they're tough enough either. Um, not to take anything away from any, everything they've done. Markstrom has looked really good at times and then horrible at other times, which can be said about any NHL goalie. The first line out there uh, was kind of slow at certain points in the last series, and Quinn Hughes has been has cooled off uh, for Vancouver. But Vegas seems to be really heating up. You know, Pacioretty, I believe, started – of these playoffs on the injured list, but he's he's warming up the defense. I mean, Alex Martinez, it's Alex, not Alec, right? Alec, excuse me, Martinez. I mean, he's been blocking shots like like this. I don't know, like they're Skittles. Like he's eating Skittles for Christ's sakes. <laughs> you know, uh, Tyler, thoughts on the series? I have Vegas in seven. I think Vancouver will be up in a good fight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, but the Golden Knights just seem like a very good team, and I think they'll pull it out. So another set of seven games for me. Yeah, I, I, honestly, Tyler, I, I'm going to go with um, Vegas and six. I think uh, Vegas is almost kind of like the Tampa Bay equivalent out west. Um, they're kind of a wagon. They've really built themselves well. Um, they're big. They're heavy. Uh, but what's better is that they can even score. Um, I mean, Mark Stone has been 
awesome these playoffs. Another player who I'm like, why didn't we get him? Uh, uh, that he, was gonna cost uh, way too much because that yeah, was I mean, that was basically a sign and trade, wasn't it? It, it? Pretty much, but like I mean, he's paying all the dividends for the Vegas Golden Knights right now. Uh, oh, yeah, and it, he's been worth every million. Oh, that's the thing. So I, like I said, him next to Krejci would have been oh, almost orgasmic. But either way, um, <laughs> like you know, like really, and I, I love what Ben King was doing. I love what they're building out there. I think they have a, a great young prospect pool, some great players. I, I agree, Dave, that I, I just think they're too young right now. They're too unseasoned uh, and inexperienced in the playoffs. I can see them winning a, maybe another game, um, but I think Vegas is going to wrap this one up in six. Yeah, and you know what? The, is this, this one's 2-1 for Va- Vancouver right now. I'm sorry. I said I said it was – no. Wait, I thought it was – No, no, no. Three? I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I, you know what? I should have started drinking. Um <laughs> But Vancouver really did show some nice bounce back in this one, going uh, losing the first game five nothing, and then coming back and winning five two. They've had a little bit of controversy via social media. Um, Mark Andre Fleury's uh, agent tweeted out a picture of a knight a sword through his back with the coach's last name on the sword, which was just kind of funny. Basically saying that Fleury was stabbed in the back because he'd lost his job to liner. And then I guess patch already went after somebody after the game lost. They, I think they said something to his, uh, about his wife or to his wife. And he kind of went off. I don't remember exactly what was said, but I do know that he came back and apologized. So, so that's something to watch out there. Distractions are never good. And then the last series we have here is Colorado and Dallas. Dallas for me has been a team that has woken up and kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, Tyler, let's start you off on this series. I have Dallas in five. Uh, Dallas has just looked hot this entire series. They did lose to Avalanche, but if the Stars keep up that, that, that consistency that they currently have, they will definitely win the series in five. Yeah, and they're up 2-1 right now. I think I forgot to mention that. Yeah, um, they had, every one of their games, they've had over five goals or at five goals. Yep, five. Five three five two lost six four. Uh, Colorado finally. Woke oh, up. Uh, they did. Yeah. They did lose their number one goaltender. Um, in Grubauer, and is it Fran Fran Kuz? I, I I feel like I'm saying that wrong. He had to step up in this series after uh, Grubauer went down in game one, I believe. Um, yeah. So I mean that that's another series that looks good. I know I predicted Colorado to win this one. This is going to be another uh, six or seven game series, and the way it's looking right now, I'm going to have to, I'm going to switch over to Dallas. I think Dallas is going to win it in six. Justin? Yeah, honestly, Dave, I totally agree. Um, I, honestly, I was on the I was on board the Colorado Avalanche train this whole uh, this whole time, uh, but I think one Dallas is really trended on, like you guys have mentioned. Um, they really look good. They bounced back. Look look like they've had some serious balls. Uh, but I also think Avalanche has blown some tough luck here. Um, they lost not just their number one goaltender, but also uh, Johnson. They're like number one uh, shutdown D-man. Uh, that's a huge loss for them as well. And also, like, believe me, I, I think um, like the Bruins, uh, the Avalanche have like one of the best first lines in the league. Um, and they did add Kaji, who's been on fire. But outside of those guys, I they don't have a lot, a lot of support. And Nathan McKinnon, I love the player. If you watch him play, he's not – he's a very individual – player he tries to do too much himself 
And I think in the playoffs, like that's just not great because you need a team to win, not just one player. So uh, I give it to Dallas and six. Yeah, and you mentioned Kadri, and he has been just straight fire in these playoffs. Fire. 11 games, yeah. seven goals, seven assists. Um, you know, you mentioned McKinnon. Uh, you can't talk about Colorado and not mention McKinnon or even Lennon Scott. Um, 11 games for McKinnon, seven goals, 13 assists. All that talent, but you're absolutely right, because we see that a lot in Boston. How many times have you guys screamed at your TV when Marshawn has a guy – open a little on his uh on his right and he tries to do that extra stick handle move and loses it or even with pasta knock same thing you know um they in i mean i'd like to see a little more cooperate i don't know, i guess that's not really what i want to say i mean half the time i want them to shoot the puck and the other half of the time when they're shooting the puck they should have passed it so i just i feel like they're missing something here and there sometimes and i can see that out in colorado with mckinnon just being too much. Um, somebody, I, I don't know who it was on Twitter, I, I saw something to the extent of how McKinnon hasn't really done shit, but people have been anointed him as one of the greatest, and, and they're kind of right. This is, yeah. I don't think ever made it past the second round, or this is his first time in the second round. And, Can I say, though, yeah. I think Nathan McKinnon is better than Connor McDavid. Like, if you put those two together. Th- that's what it was. It's a it tough was the, one. It was the McDavid uh mckinnon head-to-heads and like goals and everything and i forget the actual stats but mcdavid was like eight and two against uh mckinnon or something like that yeah i'm gonna be one of those two people <laughs> mckinnon no that that's fine I, I just i just i thought it was funny because again i think mckinnon's great obviously mcdavid is a oh, generational player of course um, oh he's and, the next Sidney crosby if not better yeah, and uh, it's uh, oh, Jimmy's laughing at me because of my screw up from earlier. <laughs> yeah, and no, and no one really knows David Rodriguez over here just messed up the recording, so we, we had to do it one part all over again. Yeah, Tyler, you know I can and probably will edit that out, right? No, sir. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. Good show. Sorry to keep you hanging on. You're about 15 minutes late to the game right now. Um, it's fun. I think it's been a real good show. Don't forget that, you know, there needs to be some social justice changes going on in the world right now. Be kind to your neighbor. Be kind to that guy you don't like because that could go a long way. If you have a neighbor that you don't like, you know what? Put that aside. Be kind to him. Let's kind of – obviously, we can't have a fresh slate, but let's let's at least run the Zamboni over the ice and start a new period with this shit, guys. All right? That's going to do it for the Boston Bee Party today. Uh, game four is on right now. You guys will probably listen to this later tomorrow. For the Boston Bee Party, I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Skills. And we want to thank Justin Ventola for joining us yet again. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Boy, yeah, God, I already did. All right, guys, I'm about ready to throw up my heart. I'm pretty sure right now, because like, if they don't win this game, series is done. So I'm.
The decision to postpone our games and sit out was viewed as an opportunity to highlight a bigger issue than hockey. We wanted to make sure that every black player in this league can feel safe and feel like they have a voice. And we want to make sure that we continue this conversation moving forward and, and make sure that we keep uh, the sport progressing in the right way as well. It was amazing to see everyone coming together and realizing that this is bigger than sports. It's about human rights. Uh, it's about supporting our black players, uh, being there for them, and, and realizing it needs to be changed. And we want to be a part of that change uh, going forward. So this is just the beginning. Obviously, we know that uh, there needs to be reflection and discussions and conversations, but it also needs to be actions. We want to continue to use our platform to show that we stand together with all of our players of color and to continue to show that we're going to be better. We're going to continue to show support. And this is only the start. This is the beginning of a lot of change. It's been great to see the players come together and have discussions uh, over the last few days and educate themselves on issues uh, much bigger than the sport of hockey. Uh, as far as postponing the games, we felt it was a thing for us to do to uh, stand in solidarity and support the, the black players in our league and also uh, start a conversation uh, about these issues going on and hopefully uh, lead to some action and some change going forward.